Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Lucas Hyde Podcast, and it is time for the Refresher Friday, as it is every Friday on the show, and it is, like I said, June 21st. So let's get into it. If you guys have not tuned in to the Refresher Friday before, uh, I simply just go over things that I thought were fun to talk about or things that are important for the podcast uh, or just anything else that's kind of on my mind. So this week uh, for the podcast, if you guys did not tune in, I had part one with Mike, um, Mike Tarrant, and that was an amazing episode. I had a lot of fun. Uh, It was just a lot of fun to sit down and really go over some things that I'm super passionate about in my life, and one of them is Super Smash Brothers Melee. Uh, it is something that I, I think about very often, uh, and it's something that I, I definitely view very often as well. Uh, and it was a lot of fun for him to also come on and talk about his judo. Uh, we started off the conversation primarily talking about Melee, though, because that's kind of how we got to know each, know each other. And um, yeah, it was just a ton of fun kind of sitting down, breaking down the things that make the game so personal and beautiful to each of each of us. And so I, I really enjoyed that. And if you guys are really into Melee, I would recommend that you go and listen to that discussion because we did cover some of the stuff that was happening at the time, kind of in the scene and everything, which was fairly interesting. And then we also just talked about general uh, progression of the game and where it's going and why it's headed in certain directions. And some of the things that I like, uh, especially with Project Slippy, I think that's an amazing addition to the scene and the community. And so we kind of covered that a little bit. Uh, and so, yeah, if you guys are interested in that, I would definitely check it out. And if you guys haven't heard about Melee before, we definitely do some introductory type things. We kind of break down the game and uh, how it's played, what are the goals of the game. So uh, I would definitely check it out. It was a fun podcast. And Mike and I definitely, we, we work well on the mic together. So I enjoyed it a lot. And I hope I hope to have him on again at some point. I mean, it was, it was a really fun discussion. Uh, and then on the... Uh, topic of him and his judo. Mike is ranked nationally, I believe, in the United States for judo. I'd have to double check with him. I don't know his specific number, uh, but we did talk about that because he did go on a trip for a year to Japan. And we do go more in depth in part two, which is going to come out next next week. Uh, but we did touch on it a little bit because uh, it, it's such an amazing experience, especially from my point of view. It's something I've, I've, uh, I've, I haven't experienced that before. I, I did go to a tennis academy for uh, several months and lived there. I think it was around six months. I lived there around half a year in the middle of high school. So that was pretty drastic, but uh, nothing like leaving in the middle of a college semester, which is kind of what he did, and then uh, moving to another country. And although he does speak the language, like I said, he was kind of in a rural area. Uh, And you'll find that in a lot of those areas, especially like in other countries, and even here in the United States, the dialects are different and people say things differently and they use different words. Uh, So it's kind of fascinating because he went over there. And I think it's um, it's not, I think it's a little bit older townish, um, because it's, uh, I think a lot of things that happen in the big city centers. Uh, so it's kind of fascinating to kind of see that cultural difference. And so he said he still kind of struggled a little bit with some of that stuff. Uh, but it was also fun because he was primarily just training judo all day, every day. And so it's pretty incredible to see that. And I think that's, that's an amazing thing to do because I know the, the amount of rigors that it can take to really train at something and be good at something like that. So it was pretty cool to see. And he got to see some international talent, uh, which is amazing and kind of really see 
uh, what what sets certain types of styles apart because something I learned from that was that judo also has uh, that you have different styles that come from different countries and uh, this one I forget the country but I think it's Jordan I believe and they have a very special technical grip that they are really successful with and the Japanese struggle a little bit with it and then he even talks about just even sizing in between countries and uh, between different athletes and the things that they look for and kind of how certain things have developed because he does know some of the history there. Uh, and it was also cool for him to talk about some of the history uh, and everything like that. So uh, it was a fun discussion. And again, part one came out this Wednesday, and I would definitely recommend that. We Again, primarily melee-based, and then we covered a little bit of judo. And then part two will be next week. Uh, so it was really exciting. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If not, definitely check it out. Uh, and then this week, for me, some th- stuff that I was working on, I've definitely been continuing to improve on my mindfulness and uh, just being present in the moment to that. Uh, that is a big factor. And it is something that is really attractive to me right now is just the idea of being absolutely present and the things that you can accomplish when you're present. And so I think it is something that many people and uh, myself included struggle with and unknowingly struggle with. I think a lot of people would uh, would not know that it is something that they struggle with is being present. They, they would not diagnose it that way. And so just sometimes you can find yourself getting caught up in mental thoughts, mental patterns, or even struggling with things physically. And I think that that can kind of attach itself to struggling with what is happening in the moment and um, and not being able to actually either got either getting caught up in the moment or uh, actually not being present in the moment. And the reason uh, this was kind of on my mind as well is, one, it is something that I am just continually working on and practicing every day, trying to find my breath in those moments and, and also trying to understand and, and listen to my body and really see what is kind of going on in there and uh, what type of feelings do I have and if I have any judgments or thoughts that are coming up and kind of trying to understand just myself a little bit better in those uh, in this kind of whole process of working on mindfulness and presentness, uh, which is I, I think it's a really fun uh, exercise. And I do see a lot of improvements in, in pretty much all aspects of my life as I've kind of improved on that. And the reason it was kind of on my mind this week is I actually I said earlier in the week that I was going to transition to reading a different book, but I was uh, reluctant to actually purchase it because I did not have a I didn't have a card at the time. And so I didn't purchase the book. And uh, so now I have I actually went back to Children of Dune and this is by Frank Herbert. And this is the third book in the Dune series um, and it is the, uh, the continuation of the classic Dune story, Dune, Dune Messiah. And um, so I am really actually I, I went back to it and it was something that I was kind of struggling with to read before. And I'm a little bit behind this week, but I did fi- finish uh, Children of Hurin. Uh, and so I am, I'm still on pace. Uh, but there is several things that I find very interesting about the Children of Dune. And the characters themselves, uh, it is kind of interesting to see uh, these, these internal struggles that they have and how they're handling it. Especially the main character, Muad'Dib, I believe is how you would pronounce his name. I did not look it up. But he is someone who he is able to see the future essentially. And I believe my understanding from it is, is that he's able to see the future because he can see each 
action that has happened or each action that will happen and then see the action that will be the result of that action. And then he can see the many different possibilities of the future. And this is something that is very important that people really try to achieve. And there is also other characters such as Aaliyah. I believe her or I just don't want to get the name wrong, but she struggles with um, and, and the two kids, Lido and Gahima, Gahima, um, I forget how to pronounce her name. The spelling is escaping my mind right now, um, but I'm going to call her Gahima for now. And um, they are present, present. So they are they are totally present beings or, or not present, but uh, prescient. I believe the word is they are completely uh, sentient beings, basically, from the moment that they uh like they have a heartbeat, basically. So in the womb, they gain all of the memories, all the genetic memories of everybody in their past, which is kind of a fascinating thing to me because it is something that one of the characters really struggles with, is really trying to learn from all of these memories in order to, I guess, gain access to the future, and that's Aaliyah, Princess Aaliyah. And um, it is just fascinating to me because she has now latched on in the book. She has latched on to this very dark character uh, from the other books in order to find these results. And you kind of there is this uh, sense that she is going down this path that is not uh, very that is not very good. And so it's just fascinating to me that she has kind of latched onto this character and how uh, you can, even in your own life, we can kind of latch onto these things or thoughts in our mind. And because uh, the whole thing she's trying to do actually is really just see the future through types of meditation and also this thing called the spice trance, which uh, I read the books a while ago, so I don't fully, fully understand. I don't have a fully encapsulating understanding of it. Um, and it also escapes me just what exactly it is, but she's really just trying to see the future because she has this fear of the future. And so that is something that I just find interesting because I know a lot of people can struggle with the fear of the future and then also learning from the past as well. But, uh, I just think it is fascinating and that she is trying to ignore all of, she is trying to see all of the genetic memories that she has, yet she is trying to ignore them all and doesn't want to listen to any one of them. And then she ends up latching on to this one, this uh, very disparaging character who was, um, he was the primary evil in the first two books, I believe, uh, until the emperor comes in on Arrakis. So it's kind of fascinating to me that she has now latched onto this because she he is her grandfather, I believe. And so it's kind of fascinating to me that she has gone to him now and she can have these almost discussions in her mind with this genetic memory of him and even asks for like, I just, I want a little portion of your mind. I don't want to take over your whole mind and stuff like that. It is a really really odd and fascinating book. So I would definitely recommend it. And there's even characters like the mentant, uh, this mentant ability are people that are able to completely divorce themselves from their emotions. And they're able to kind of just look at things completely logically. And so all of these things I think are just these fascinating character characterizations of things that we can kind of struggle with. Like uh, if we want to be as supremely logical and trying to divorce ourselves from our emotions yet, uh, who is the true hero in this whole book, and and what does he really do really well? And it seems to be that uh, Muad Dib, who Muad Dib, um, who is Paul Atreides, 
Um, he is this character who can really see the future, and it's almost like he is able to accept and access everything, and it's kind of wild and interesting. So I'm I'm kind of trying to see some of those lessons that I can learn from there, and how he is able to kind of open his his awareness to the moment and everything. Yeah, because uh, at one point in the series, he actually goes blind, and so. Uh, I know I've been going off <laughs> on the rails a little bit here, but I don't know if I have anything here. That is just something that is kind of on my mind as I'm going through the book. So I'm I'm, I'm still on 100 pages in. So uh, that is kind of what I've been thinking about recently. And that is everything that's going on. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will have more updates on Monday when it's the Monday preview. If you guys enjoy the podcast, if you listen to Mike and you really liked it, um, if you guys... Uh, would, wouldn't would mind leaving a review on iTunes. Uh, it just helps grow the podcast just through algorithms and everything uh, because what happens is is if it gets reviews, then it kind of, I believe it goes, uh, it's more likely to get seen on the homepage. So uh, that helps out the podcast a ton. If not, uh, I would love to hear from you guys. If you, whatever you think about the podcast, you can at me on Twitter, which is TLH underscore podcast. Uh, and then also on Instagram, the Lucas High podcast. Um, and that is everything. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Everything else will be down in the show notes. And I will see you guys. I will see you guys on Monday. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Love you guys. Bye.